Welcome to the Cup of Nurses podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to the podcast where we tackle current health news and hot nursing topics one conversation at a time with my host here, Peter. What's up, Matthew? Doing pretty well. So episode uh, 16 here, we're going to talk about how to land your first nursing job, and we're also going to cover the benefits of donating blood, which a lot of people don't know. They think losing blood is bad, but actually could have some awesome side effects. Yeah, before we benefits, start, I should say. Right. Before we start, go ahead and give us a follow on the gram, join our Facebook groups, download our episodes, keep in tune with us, and go ahead and feel free to DM us some good ideas about some episodes or whatever you guys want to learn. Yeah. So little that we know that we have about 10 pints of blood in our body and roughly giving one pint of blood is healthy for your red blood cells every 56 days if you were to do that. That's correct. And it, with platelets, it's a little different. Uh, with platelets, it's you could only do it seven days apart with a maximum of 24 times a year. Yeah. That's just for platelets. They're also located in your blood. And that's like a, there's a process for that where I believe they take your blood out and then, then they put it through a machine. They and filter it through. They filter the machine and then they take the blood that's not a platelets and they put it back into you. Yeah. So you're not losing that much volume, you're just losing your platelets. Yeah. And li- literally every two seconds in America, someone needs a blood transfusion. And one donation can save up to three lives. So why not be part of that statistic? Yeah, it's going to be one point. That's one twelfth of your blood supply. Yeah. You know, and I'm not sure. I think it's three units you get out of, out of one pint. Something like that. I believe one, no, one pint is 500 mLs. Yeah. So you get like, oh, you have a unit. Yeah. But you could do more than one pint if you want. You could do, do like two or three, depending on how your body is. And what's crazy, only 38% of us are able to donate blood. Because we have certain antigens and antibodies in our, in our blood that, you know, aren't safe to give to other people. So that's that's probably crazy. one of those cool benefits of donating blood where you're able, to dis- you're able to discover whether you even are a candidate for donating blood. Yeah. And you know what else you learn? You learn your blood type too. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. I don't know my blood type, to be honest. You know your blood type? No. A lot of people don't. But another benefit of it is before, uh, besides knowing your blood type and knowing how, how healthy your blood is or what kind of blood you have, um, is it that it decreases your iron stores in your body. There is a lot of people that suffer from something called hemochromatosis, which is too much iron stores in your blood. And that increases the risk of coronary artery disease, risk of stroke, and also increase of iron toxicity in your body. So being able to donate a pint of blood or two or three decreases those iron stores, which then makes you less susceptible to getting coronary artery disease, strokes, and um, liver disease for the most part. And there's a bad way to get iron, correct? Like getting iron from the wrong sources or too much from the wrong sources? Yeah, you get too much iron. There's two different uh, types of iron. One iron comes from uh, mostly plant-based uh, foods, like soy was one of them, spinach, things like that. And there's another iron that comes from red meats. And there is a correlation with one of those irons that you can overconsume it and it actually increases your risk of coronary artery disease, things like that. But another benefit of blood is donating blood is that you actually burn calories. So for every pint you donate, you burn about 650 calories. Yeah. And that's attributed to just your body having to remake that blood and all those um, minerals that go along with the blood, those components. So your body's turned into like this metabolism machine after it loses blood in order to reproduce. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Which, if you're trying to lose some weight, donate some blood. That's an hour and a half of cardio. Yeah, get a burger afterwards. Um, it also feels good. You feel like you're impacting someone's life. You feel more accomplished. Because it's literally something that your body makes continuously and nonstop, and you're able to give this away to somebody else. And in the hospital, we give away blood a lot. We go through so much blood, it's ridiculous. So it's very important that you give, especially like traumatic experiences or traumatic events, um, like especially with trauma, like car accidents, uh, burns, 
like gunshot wounds, all that. All people need blood. Even for cancer, people have cancer. That also destroys their red blood cells, which they will need transfusions. Yeah, like lymphoma and things like that. Yeah. So let's bounce to the next topic here where for the nursing students, you guys got your license. Great accomplishment. Great guys. accomplishment. Four years of school. You passed the NCLEX. Damn, that was a freaking real milestone. And you finally got your iron license. And the next step is to actually get the job. And where do you start and what do you do? Well, like you said, at first you want to start with passing your NCLEX, successfully passing school. But then you kind of want to get an idea of what you actually want to do as a nurse. Think about some specialties. Think back on what you liked in clinical yeah. and kind of try to pave that route. Of course, not all those options are going to be available to you because some positions are more common than others. And nursing staffing ranges from what you need to nurses. Did you figure your so. specialty out by just going through nursing school? Um, I, yeah, I wanted to do initially NICU, um, but there were no jobs uh, for me out there or none that I wanted to take. So I kind of settled for a job and I was okay with it because I was just like, hey, I'll just do my two years, get some experience, and then I'll kind of push for a job that I may be more, that I want more. You know, mm-hmm. most part. What about you? And you think you're going to be pushing towards that goal? Um, I don't know. I kind of see. I'm kind of leaning more towards NP now than, uh, than, than NICU, but that was the initial goal. Um, but it doesn't always go as you plan and you kind of learn as you go. Things change exactly. I would say, yeah, I would, when I went into intensive care and I was doing all these like um, clinicals, I really, really liked it. And that was my goal to get into. But there was not a lot of positions that were open. And also being a new grad, you don't have the ability to just jump into like a specialty right away. They, it does happen and power to you. But I took like the med surge route and I was kind of like, um, you know, dibbling my feet in there learning the you know delegations and how everything works before I um, applied for the ICU. Yeah, so for you newbies over there, some good questions to ask yourself would be, do you want to first of all work in a hospital? Mm-hmm. Do you prefer to work in like home health or a clinic or like an informatics place? Do you want to kind of teach? So you could learn how to you know chart with different systems like Cerner and you kind of just be an educator for the hospital. Um, you want to like I said before, I think of what you liked. Do you want to be a critical thinking nurse or are you kind of more task-heavy? Task-oriented. Task-oriented, something like that. And do you want to be tied down to one location? Because there's also an opportunity of travel nursing. Maybe not right away, but maybe uh, six months after or a year after you you know, you know, work with your staff job. Yeah, I would, it's definitely a personality thing to find out if you, if you want to be around patients, right? So there's also the option of being like a cath lab nurse and things like that. That's a little bit more away from bedside. And you have less of the little things you have to deal with as like um, as a floor nurse, and a- and oh, after sorry. that you want to figure out do you like having conversations with your patients? So working med surge, it's awesome. Like when I did orthos, I was able to have you know genuine conversations with people that are more thankful. You, you know the whole thank you, and it was kind of cool because you actually interacted. And going down to the ICU, these people are very sick and they don't care about you at all. Like they're worried about themselves. And some of them are, they got tubes on their mouth. <laughs> Sedated into and, Yeah, and we're not, you're not having conversations. You're just in your own zone trying to save this person's lives. That's a great question as well to ask yourself. What type of nurse do you want and what specialty? Yeah, like if you like more of a social interaction, you might have to do like the med surge route, do like the oncology route. Uh, like we said before, you could do the OR route where it's more tax heavy, or not task, but task heavy on all the taxes work. I know what is tax heavy. Ta- I keep saying tax instead of task. Yeah. It's very task heavy, 
and you don't really communicate that much with the patient. You just go in and get stuff done. It's very critical. It's very usually fast paced. You kind of get in, get out. And you, could, and you you could also work for insurances, but I think you need experience for that. Not too sure how that works, but you could be a nurse that you like literally work for at home 80% of the time. And all you do is just kind of travel between a few hospitals. It depends how it works for like Blue Cross Blue Shield. And you're just evaluating the, the patients if they're eligible for benefits. That's a pretty cool thing to do, but that's not my cup of tea. No, no one either. So then you get into the issue of actually how do you look for these jobs or how do you find jobs? Well, the easy route is just to look at the hospitals around you and look at their, their openings. Another way to do it is you could go to job fairs. Uh, you could go through your school. Some schools have certain contracts with, with hospitals that, that say, hey, um, you know, if you put your students through, let's say, this cardiac unit, they could work work from as soon as they pass their NCLEX. Like my friend, he now works at an open heart unit, and the hospital's requirement was, we'll let your st- one student have clinical there, but that student has to take the job afterwards. So somehow it's not his agreement. So that's just something to look out for if you're still in school. And another way is through internships. You know, if internships you give you as even like your clinical, like if you already have clinical experience in one unit, it's going to be a little bit easier for you to get into that unit because you kind of already have spoken to the nurses. They kind of know you a little bit. So you go that route as well. And I would say like the number one thing out of everything when it comes to finding a job is connections. And that's unfortunately how the real world works, whether you like it or not. If you got connections, you're moving up the ladder because I know people that we're barely experienced nurses and we're just kind of jumping up to, you know, supervisor to like unit director to all this other stuff because, you know, somebody knew the CFO or this, you know, the chief nursing officer or that was her aunt or whatever the case might be. So it just really depends about who you know. If you have another nurse or a friend or a friend's mom that works at a hospital that could kind of put the good in, good word in for you or see if, they, if they're taking new grads. So when it comes to that that's the best option were you able to get a job through connections or did you just apply i actually did get a job through connections yeah uh my first position um it was like my dad's cousin that kind of worked at the hospital and i was able to kind of say hey is there you know can you just put in the good word for me and after that when if you get a interview set up that's all up to you man that's your personality and the way you kind of tackle those questions and all that yeah that's cool i personally went to like a job fair Uh, my husband in chicago had um like a date where you could just go apply at different or you could actually talk to different nurse managers from different units and then you could kind of could apply to one or two or three of those whichever ones you like that's kind of how I got my job which is pretty cool that is nice you know, it's my first job for that I ever went to and I got hired right off the bat from that it kind of sucks because my first job my first interview that I actually got called back from before I took the job was at Christ and they told me I have to be there this date because it was like a job fair type of thing. So these, um, I forgot how it works, but it was like multiple nurses. It wasn't just like a one person interview. And I wasn't able to make the date. And I asked them, hey, I'm going to be on vacation. Can I reschedule? And they said, sorry, this is the only available date. Yeah. And then just didn't even like consider me at all anymore. Kind of sucked. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty shady. But either way, you landed a job. You know, I don't think usually the nurses that I talk to, they land a job within six months. So don't get too weird until it's like maybe month five and a half. Yeah, like literally look at your freaking Google, find out like the 20 mile radius of every hospital there that you would consider that you like that has good reviews. Go on their their site, look up careers, and then look up like the open um, 
open positions available. Scroll through that stuff, see what's required, and just start applying, man. That's what it is. And it's also annoying because it's quality, it's quantity over quality at this point. Just keep applying. So, like, make a profile for one health system, get all that done, all this information, and then you're going to be able to apply to multiple positions. Go to another health system, do the same thing, and just keep tabs with it. Check up weekly or, you know, do follow-ups and just kind of, it's a waiting game and it kind of tests your patience, to be honest. Yeah, most modern hospitals, their application process is you basically submit all your information to a profile and you just kind of apply to jobs. And you just resubmit your resume and all the same information over and over again to, to different um, specialties. Different or different units. units, yeah, whatever you apply for. But I think another thing to really think about is are you doing or are you looking to have or land a job that you want to be there forever? Or do you want to kind of do it just to see how it feels? Because that's kind of what I did. Um, you got to take a different approach to it if you want to have this job for longevity versus if you just want to get your toes wet. Because then if you want to do it for longevity, you really got to be specific and you really got to land that job that you want because then you don't want to be stuck with something you don't like, you know, compared to like if you're just going there just to get, if you're just going there to just get experience, just go on any kind of unit. You know, you could leave whenever. You know, if you don't land your dream job, that's completely okay. You could wait, you know, six months to reapply to another place or a year. And then once you're actually in the hospital, it's a lot easier to switch units than it is to find the same job at a different hospital. It's easier for you to move around when you're actually in one um, health system. Yep. And like I said, again, that comes on to connection, start networking with like people in different like units and you got to be nice. You know, you got to be approachable. If you're like always this nurse has this little frowny face and like you know, those, you don't look open to be to have conversations. How are you expecting for people to offer you help or things like that? Because I actually went to like um, a PALS class um, for the med surge unit and actually spoke with a nurse that was in the ICU. And I'm like, hey, I've been trying to get in there. And she's like, really? Well, let me talk to blah, 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 which is, uh, you know, the clinical coordinator. And that's how they kind of recruited me into the ICU, landed an interview and then I had to break the news to the other director, like, hey, I'm switching, you know, units. And that that kind of sucked. That's, just, that's the process. And I've, and I've heard that sometimes you have to be careful as well. When you're doing that, some d managers do not like you to leave. And they'll do things to not make that happen. So Yeah, if they're, like, really short nurses, if so I would probably call them poor managers because you're not supposed to do that. They kind of want to hinder your experience and your goals for the benefit of their unit yeah, or their, they'll put their goals before yours, which is kind of bullshit because I don't want to be trapped in a unit that I don't like just because you want me to be there and I can't progress or I can't move units because you keep telling managers that no, you can't have them, you can't have them. That'd be shitty bullshit. And that, but that's just how it works. Those are the politics of the hospital that's like not really talked about. Yeah. I mean, I didn't go through that personally. I'm sure people have, but I haven't really heard too much about that happening, but there's people out there that would do that. Even like I try to go down to the ER and I don't know what it is because ER and ICU always have like this tension and I asked them like, hey, can I like cross train and go down to the ER and maybe pick up shifts? And supposedly I had a like, you know, my good word put in and then no one reached back out to me. And when I followed up with it, I was just getting these like cold approaches like, oh, you know, this is still happening or yeah, they're going to take a look at it. And you know what? I just let it go because if you really want me or you really need help, you'll reach out to me. I don't got to beg for it. Yeah. So I just said, F them, man. It's going to do something else. Yeah. One thing we'll touch upon too as well is the resume process. People don't really think about doing the resume up until you actually have to do it. 
Like, who thinks about, hey, I'm gonna update my resume real quick. Like, it's been six months, I gotta update my resume. I haven't thought about my resume until I actually had applied to a hospital. I'm just like, oh shit, I haven't updated my resume in a long time. But on a good note is a lot of universities and institutions, they help you with that. They'll either have you take a class on it, or it'll just be part of your nursing curriculum, which I found very beneficial. Like for me, our teacher went over how to update our resume, and they did the whole thing with us just in like a regular class period. That was pretty cool. I think also with the way modern society is going, I feel like resumes are slowly going to be starting getting instinct. I feel like if you look up a person on Facebook and you scroll through their shit, you're able to find out a lot about them, just their personality, the way they are. If they're, rep- you know, if they're posting some dumb stuff, like you can, t- you can kind of see their maturity level, or where they're at in life too, you know. Social media, it's a big factor, guys. Don't be doing dumb stuff on it. Yeah, just clean up your garbage at least before you know you're getting an interview. Right. And as well, just you know, if your resume is up to par, you, you're gonna be asked some questions, of course, that you have to prepare for, and those are big things that you should really, really figure out yourself and look back. If you're a new grad, how you performed in clinicals or what's one thing that like you had an issue about in clinicals that you pushed towards it, you know, ask the doctor, one thing that like you were under a lot of pressure and stress and how did you overcome that? Because they're, they're going to get those questions out of you and you just kind of like blank out and don't have a scenario, then that, that might be an issue. It might be a factor that could jeopardize your you know opportunity of landing a job. Yeah, be prepared. They're not going to really care what kind of school you went to. I've never got asked, hey, where did you go to school by someone that interviewed me? No one cares. You got your nursing degree. You got you passed your NCLEX. You're an RN now. Nobody cares if you went to. Well, they all know no one cares if you went to Southern California. Who cares? A lot cares? of people... I feel like it's like a very Americanized thing. Like they're so worried about, oh, I went to this university. Like you have your NCLEX, that's it, man. Now you're up on your feet. Let me see what you got. Let me see the person that you are because that's what matters. You could be book smart, but you could suck as a nurse. Yeah. Two BH. Whoa, that was a lot of fire. That was, that was a gunshot one here. Scared Good all job. the birds. But some of the common questions that they might ask you is that could be like something simple. Tell me more about yourself. What is your five to 10 year plan? Yeah. What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Like Matt said, what happened in clinical that stressed you out? Or what issue did you have with a family member and how did you deal with it? That's a very common one. And you, one you can't say also, I don't have any weaknesses or don't, don't pick a weakness that is really going to make you look bad. Like, oh, I can't, I don't know how to multitask. Please don't say that because you got to multitask. You got to multitask. You're going to have a good weakness to have is what I always say. It's very simple. It's, I try to take on too much things at once, you know, because you want to portray yourself as someone that could, that could do stuff and as like a leader, but you also need to show some kind of weakness. So I feel yeah. that's a good weakness to say, saying, hey, I try to do too much or my delegation isn't the best because I want to personally get things done myself. That's like yeah. another one, a little cliche, things like that. Yeah. You know? um, but other things to consider definitely is definitely the pay. Make sure you're getting paid appropriately. Don't put, take advantage of you, especially in like, nursing homes or small private hospitals that they could kind of try and finagle new nurses, make sure you're getting paid properly because you, this is your income. This is what yeah. you're going to live off of. You're a new grad, yeah, you're not going to get paid the most, but still you want something, you want a good pay. Yeah, And definitely tell them you're like a team player. And I hope you guys are because like nursing is a lot of synergy too on the unit. Like you, they want to know that you're like a team player, willing to help people. You're willing to basically let 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 your assignment be there if you're stable and then help somebody out if there's like an admission like you have to be a team player in the nursing field and i'm thankful for even this travel nursing experience that there's 
those nurses that will even help you, even though you'll leave and you won't matter to them, you know, in a way. Yeah, being a team player is, is so amazing because you want to have a unit full of nurses that are able to communicate together and able to work together because you got to be able to bounce off ideas, especially if you're doing night shift. There's a lot of times you don't get too much resource over there. You don't have the cardiologist on standby. You know, you don't have, you know, the, you know, the I'm not sure who else is going to be. You don't have people doing rounds. You don't have anybody to really fall back on position-wise besides the phone calls at night. So you got to really bounce ideas off people. You got to kind of figure it out as a group because not everyone nurse knows everything. And that's very important, especially for night shift. If you like critical thinking and figuring yourself out by yourself, you should never look into night shift. Yeah, and I feel like that is a question you should ask the interviewer as well. The, the manager, whoever it is. Find out how the team dynamics are on the in the hospital. Because if if there's like this queen bee syndrome or like the, the team isn't really bonding together, like that's not only is that going to like suck on your shift, like you're, you're going to be able to feel that energy, you know, where you kind of tell like there's like catty women or something like you don't want that kind of environment to work. And like sometimes you could turn a job down because of that. Even though I know people are like thirsty, landing the first job, this is it. Like there's so many nurses that are like, I'm getting bullied at work or nurses aren't being helpful. You know, that term eating their young. Like you don't want to be surrounded with that. That sucks. You don't. And you'll learn more about that in orientation, not so much from the person that's interviewing you. But it's okay to be like eight or it's okay to be on week eight out of 13 on orientation and decide, hey, this, this unit kind of sucks, man. Like these nurses are just talking shit about each other the whole day. No one's getting along. Like I don't want to be here. You know, I'm getting minimal support and I'm only on orientation. Yeah, it's not or, very fair. Or you know what? Like this is your first job. Just go get that six month experience so you could have that on your resume and apply somewhere, and just have like that go getter mentality. Like just suck it up and just knock out those six months, which that's a while. Yeah. But just make the best of it and just get your experience so you could apply somewhere else. Yeah, and then you'll learn what you don't want to experience ever again. Yeah. And it's your first job. Like, it's not going to be the best. You're going to learn so much about how I don't like this. I prefer this. And then you're going to be able to kind of, like, cultivate the perfect unit that you would like to work on. Which, you know, there's always going to be pluses and minuses. But Yeah. Just relax. Take it one day at a time. And it's okay to quit. It's okay to leave. It's okay to not like your first job. But make sure if you don't like it and you don't like the environment, make sure you do have a way out. You want to be able to... Um, take initiative and actually leave that environment eventually. Yep. Just get like man, to get the six months done. You know, pull your pants up and just, <laughs> just work your way through it, and then leave. You know, you, you got paid. Words, pull your pants up. You got you got paid. They got they they work they worked you like a horse, and now you can leave. Find something better, and that's really it. Yeah. You know, but don't be scared to leave. Don't get stuck because you're gonna be miserable your whole life. Even one of those old, grumpy, miserable nurses that never wants to be there, but is always there. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's definitely a comfort thing because, for example, this contract is ending for us and I have a job back home that I could get back to, but I also want to explore, now that this 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 experience may be very adventurous and I'm down to try a new, new unit and I'm down to like try another hospital and it's like, I really love my coworkers in the past, but you know what? Sometimes I just have to make peace with it and I got to go adventure out, but I do want to leave on good terms so I could always maybe pick up like PRDM or do registry there or something like that. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking of doing the same thing. Just tell my manager that I'm going to be back for sure. So I'm going to probably give her like at least six months before I do another travel nursing thing. Maybe I'll probably maybe give her less than six months. But I told her I'll be back for sure and I'm going to be here to stay. But manager listening, sorry, Esther, I'm probably not going to stay for more than six months. And it doesn't matter. That's yeah. And that's a beautiful thing with nursing guys that you have so much opportunity and there's so much healthcare positions that if you don't like it you could simply leave 
And that's why there's turnover rates at specific units because they just don't like how shit gets done. And just nurses go in, they get trained, they don't like it, they leave. And that is an option you have and you should exercise that right. Yeah. And you, mental health days. Yeah. And you don't, you, yeah, you shouldn't be working on a unit that's like BS where charge nurse is not doing, I hate that stuff, where charge nurse is not being helpful. You're getting stuck with this, you know, shitty assignment all the time. No one is, you know, helping you out. Like, man. When I play the seniority card, be like, hey, I, I've been here longer, so I should get first dibs on this. I should get my, I should be able to pick my first assignment. You know, it's like, dude, I'm the newest one here. I don't want the shit assignment every time. Like, what the hell's your guys' problem? You know, I don't want to keep these damn missions. Like, or, or, or like, you know, you worked, you're working three in a row, and your second night you had the same patient two nights in a row, and it's been rough. And they don't, they're not gonna switch your assignment for the third third night because this as a nurse said no. Like, that's unfair, man. Yeah. I would definitely exercise my freedom of speech there and say something. Yeah. And definitely, as a, as a good charge, um, if you ever reach the charge experience or you ever become a charge, you always want to accommodate for something that's been working there three days in a row. Like, I'm not going to have you do the same assignment for two days and then on the third day I'll give you a different one. Like, it's like, are you, are you kidding me? Like, this is so shitty. Like, I'm tired from the first place because it's been a hard assignment and I'm willing to take the same assignment back, but at least want the same assignment. You know, like, what the hell you guys a problem? And you want to exercise that. Let them know because if you let them know, then they're more likely gonna, more than likely gonna, gonna switch it because they don't want to start any kind of conflicts. Yeah, and that's I feel like that's the thing with nurses too that we're very very nice and like we ended up we end up getting pushed around like we're pushovers because doctors do it to us and we just take their shit, patients do it to us and we don't have much to say. What are you gonna say? No. Right. And yeah, I feel like then there's management and the same thing happens and you're just getting dumped on, man. So just stand up for yourself sometimes, put the foot down and say no. Yeah, long story short, leave. Leave. You know, you're in water everywhere. You want it everywhere around the world and around the United States. Every kind of every state, no matter what, they need nurses. Every unit is gonna need a nurse eventually. Yeah. You know, think logistics. If you're driving far away and you're not happy with it, come to a local hospital near you. And that's the cool thing with travel nursing too, because you get to just like leave if you don't like it. Like our contract, for example. I've worked every single Sunday in the past eight weeks. Like, that's BS. Why don't you take me off if it's like the weekend? But you know what? I'm going to swallow my pride because I'm here for a few more weeks and I'm leaving. So it's fine with me. I don't have any, like, family time on Sundays because, you know, I'm living on my own here and it's cool. But it's unfair that I'll be scheduled every single Sunday because no one wants to work that. And they'll give it to the the staff nurses there and the traveler takes all that crap. Right. Yeah, you you working like... Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Sunday, and then you're off another four days. You're like, dude, you just threw me in like a random, random day in the middle of the week. You're just like, what's your problem? And it's a Sunday too. Like, I, like luckily we're okay with that because we have no family here, like Matt said, and we're kind of more flexible. We didn't really care about too much on Sundays, but just pay me. Yeah, just basically pay me. But if I was here long term, I would definitely be pissed. If I was working every Sunday. I'm like, no. Yeah, I'm getting out of here. Call my recruiter. Hey. It's near Alyssa. Make him work every Sunday. It's not my contract. I'm not doing it. <laughs> what if she actually listens to this? Like, oh, thanks, guys, for shouting me out. That's some total mad, yo. Check her out. Yeah. Don't say it without the little discount code there. <laughs> Joking. Alrighty, guys. Hopefully, this episode kind of made sense and helped you kind of grasp the idea of the interview process, the way to land your first job, and just give us any feedback if we missed anything or have any questions. We kind of went through it. We, knows it. we know the ins and outs and the loops. Yeah. If you guys want, we can walk you through it 
a little bit deeper and a little bit uh, with more detail and more geared towards you, just let us know, you know, comment or send us an email. We'll be happy to do that for you. Exactly. Have a great weekend, guys. Take care. Keep it smooth, Oakland. Happy 4th. Woo.